It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Oh, welcome back, everybody. JT with the hour number two of the show on Tuesday, coming off the Monday night loss for the Silver and Black in L.A. against the Chargers, Raider Nation Radio. This hour brought to you by Doghouse. Uh, That is the sports bar, the music bar, the everything bar inside Resorts World. I've been telling many, many people I've been doing this for a long time. I've been on the radio in Las Vegas since 96, 1996. And I am honored to be inside Resorts World. Scott Sabella's Jewel here in the desert. It's an epic property. If you haven't been there yet, I'm shocked. If you live in Vegas, all you got to do is drive to Resorts World and spend some time. Just walk around it and see the luxury, the beauty, the gaming, the restaurants, the lounges. It's incredible. I went to the grand opening. I've been to Doghouse a few times. That's our new home for Monday Night Football. I'll be there for a couple of select games this year. But that's my home for Monday Night Football. I am honored to be inside Doghouse where they were a genius. They put the sports book there. So instead of the sports book, which I'm not a big believer in the sports book should take up your casino. There are people who don't want to bet and walk into a gorgeous casino and see a sports book right in the middle of it when you come through the lobby. They put the sports book in Doghouse. And then after the games, they have all these bands. All different genres of bands that get up. It's incredible. The food's great. You'll love it. And they have an unbelievable room in that sports book to sit back. We'll be giving away prizes so you could be in that sports book. Doghouse has been so generous to me in Resorts World with all the prizes they're giving me to give away on Monday Night Football. So if you get an opportunity, meet me at Doghouse for Monday Night Football. And please go check out Resorts World. As I've been telling my friends from out of state, And my buddies come in from San Diego. They're like, where should I go? I go, have you been to Resorts World? And they're like, not yet. I go, not yet. It's the jewel of the desert. It's the greatest of the greats. You got to go to Resorts World and see why I hang out there. I promise you, you'll love it. Once you go check it out, go check out Doghouse. Uh, John Gruden speaking now. We'll cover some of that press conference coming up. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN will join us after Gruden speaks. That's his job to ask questions at the press conference. He's going to join us right after that. Eric in Rhode Island, start us off. What's happening, E? How you doing? Good. My take on the game last night and a couple of points, I thought the charges were much more physical. I thought they tackled extremely well, and overall they owned the line of scrimmage. Um, I think it's all about physicality at times. Um, key point in the game that I don't know if anybody has brought up, Late in the first half, that overturn of the first down, I Uh think the Raiders get the first down there. They probably, the Chargers, they they might score points, and I don't think the Chargers get enough time to put another touchdown up. Being down two instead of three is huge, just huge. Another point I want to make that I've seen over the last few games, I went to the Dolphins game, by the way, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of teams overload the right side and blitz on Leatherwood's side. I saw that on the pick six, and I saw that a number of times last night that the Chargers overloaded the right side and blitzed. Mm-hmm. 
that's got to be corrected. And I don't know if you've yeah. seen the, the same Good thing, point. but it seems like it goes on over and over again, and they've got to make some sort of adjustment, maybe chip somebody or whatever, or a tight end to that side. Your thoughts? Great phone call, Eric. I appreciate it. Well thought out. I agree with you. they got to get Leatherwood more help. Um, I'm not shocked. I'm a bit surprised that Leatherwood isn't playing better. He's a big mountain of a man. He's an enormous human being who's supposed to be better than he's playing now, especially downhill run blocking. But again, the Raiders haven't been healthy at the running back position, and they got Josh Jacobs back. And you knew, I knew that Leatherwood was going to get beat by guys like Bosa. But he should not be getting beat with his strength. He should be able to plant his legs and push off an edge rusher. I just worry about the speed. You know, there's, the speed is what's interesting coming off the edge. The speed is what's going to you know, challenge Leatherwood. It did initially with Colton Miller, and Colton Miller got bigger, stronger, and leaner and more muscular, and he's done a better job. So Leatherwood's a work in progress, and I hope the Raider fans back him up here. I mean, think of what he's going through. He's starting as a rookie at right tackle. Mayock wanted the pick. They picked Leatherwood. That's what they wanted. They could have got a veteran. They could have spent the money on a veteran or did it. They went with Leatherwood and Cable. They were all sold on it. Now they got to keep him healthy. And they got to have him improve with not a lot of time off before he faces the Bears, who I'm diving into tonight, starting tonight. And they have a really interesting defensive scheme. Very strong. They're very good tacklers. They love, they love attacking the football. They have, like the Raiders have improved with Gus Bradley, they got 11 guys who get to the ball. They like to punch the ball out. They like to turn it over. It's the strength of their team. Big game coming up. John Gruden, we'll get to that in a minute. Remember, they turned this press conference kind of into a TV show, so there's a little bit of music. There's a couple of beds here and there, so just remember that when we play it. We're going to get to that in a moment. Jim in Long Island, where I'm going to at the end of the month. I'm taking a week during the bye week and going to say goodbye to my boyhood home, where my parents have had for 59 years and have just sold and are closing on November 1st. Jim, I'll be on the island. What's happening? Hey, JT. What's going on? Uh, listen, uh, you, you're also forgetting uh, Herbert that uh, missed pass to Mike Williams. He connects to Mike Williams. You're talking 27 nothing. Yeah, I thought right. they could have got blown out in the game. I thought the Raiders once yeah. they couldn't they couldn't tie it up at seven seven, and then it was 14 nothing. And then t- I thought the Raiders could have got blown out. I think the only big takeaway, Jim, from the game was that the and Raiders came out takes- in the second half and played hard. The fake punt, I knew it was coming. Thank God Renfro was there. I'm telling you, how great is Renfro? That, that was a great pick by, by the Raiders. I love the guy. Also, um, Waller, the, the penalty, I mean, you, you can't do that. But, but when you pick off a, an interception and the whole defense runs in the, in the end zone, yeah. that's okay. But what Waller did, he wasn't looking at the, the Chargers. He looked at the sideline and the referee. So, you There's know, no need to spike the ball. There's no need to spike the ball no, on the Chargers' you know, sideline. I mean, he did it. He did. But you're, but you're, I know, and you're bringing taunting into the conversation. Waller's better than that. Waller, he's he's one of my favorite all-time Raiders already. There's no need to spike the ball every time you get a first down. He does it sometimes in the middle of the field. I know he's got a lot of energy. Get back to the huddle for the next play. Yeah. The spiking the ball can only hurt. How about how about switching Leatherwood and Miller? Switch them. No, no. That that that's I appreciate the call. Colt Miller is the starting left tackle. He's not moving. 
that that's it where he is now. I'd be surprised by that. Leatherwood's got to earn it. He's got to own it. He's got to own it. He's got to get better. They got to keep him healthy. I'm more concerned about Leatherwood's health. Being a big guy as everybody's dropping and getting injured on this team, Leatherwood needs to remain healthy. And then he'll progress, I think, into a better offensive lineman. He's not a bust. He's played okay at times. There are other times he's getting exposed. We don't talk about the good plays. Carr was the AFC Offensive Player of the Month with Alex Leatherwood as his right tackle. How does that happen if Leatherwood's a bust? Now, there are a couple of plays that haven't been impressive. Same thing with Andre James, and they, they, those plays get pointed out, and everybody jumps on top of everybody for it. That's what happens there. So, okay, he'll get better. You've got to trust Tom Cable to hope, hopefully get this offensive line better. He can't go into the tub and to the training room and get these guys healthier. He can't. I can't imagine Tom Cable's a former head coach. John Gruden is the head coach. Gus Bradley, former head coach. What they must feel like seeing all these injuries. They need these guys to get healthy and be available. Passionate Raider in Illinois. Thanks for holding. Go ahead. Man, what's up, man? I was just sitting here listening to everybody, listening to John Gruden's press conferences. I was waiting on hold. Yep. And, and just watching what I've been watching, JT. And of all the announcers that's on the radio, you've been following the Raiders the longest. I'm mm-hmm. a lifelong Raider fan, man. And, 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 and what we're seeing still in year four of John Gruden's offense, Derek Carr said it yesterday at the mic. I'm not going to say it on the microphone. We'll talk. There, there, there's something going on in there at the line. Tom Flores said it with the play call. There, there's something. Someone's not on the same page because you don't have a system for four years and still come out and perform the way you do. And let me reiterate, we haven't scored a touchdown in the first quarter all year long. Yeah. You've got the same quarterback for four years. you got Joey Bosa telling Carr he curled up like a baby. But when I seen that on TV last night, I wanted to kick Carr in his, in his you-know-what. Like, mm-hmm. dude, what are you doing? Busted to the left. Make a play, man. You just fall. And, and, and we get on the Leatherwood in the offensive line, JT. I've been saying it all year long. It hasn't looked good. Any game hasn't looked good. We have our moments, but there's no consistency. And I've said it all year long with no preseason. That offensive line is ferocious. Alex Leatherwood has more penalties alone than most teams have total mm-hmm. by himself. And that is not acceptable for a first-round pick. Look at what the Chargers have done in the past three years with their drafting, their picking, and their playing. Something's not clicking in this front office. And yep. to everyone who asks these questions at the end of the game, stop stop pussyfoot in the questions and ask John what he needs to be asked. I, are they scared of him? Or are they afraid of him? Because he, he does look scary. I do admit the looks might. <laughs> come on, man. Let's start asking this man some real questions. Because, John, I think you might be a great head coach, but you might have to turn the play calling over to somebody else, man. Right. Because you don't do what you do and come out and move the ball in the third quarter, and then you don't move it the first third and the fourth when you need to be moving it it just there's just something that is not clicking jt with that offense man and if he needs to pass the pass the play calling on to somebody else let's do it because 
year four, this shouldn't still be looking like this, man. Excellent it phone shouldn't. call. Very critical phone call. Thank you for the call. Uh, Derek on that sack, took that sack, and I think the world was caving in on him at the moment. He saw no escape. I went back and looked at that play after the postgame show last night because I got a couple of calls on it. Now, would Patrick Mahomes or other quarterbacks, would Lamar Jackson feel that pressure and maybe get out of it quicker? Absolutely. They're better runners than Derek Carr. And Derek Carr, you know, on third down, they were in field goal range. They needed that first down. He knew he was getting sacked. Come on. It was like a wall of water caving in on him, and he wanted to secure the football. He wanted to not. He didn't want to fumble the ball. Bosa's coming at him, looking to knock the ball out. So yeah, and and the comments from Bosa was very difficult. And and I've heard another host say it earlier today that we're going to have to see Derek answer to what Bosa said about him, because you got to take that personally if you're Derek Carr, because Bosa is a Pro Bowler. And obviously, Derek Carr has been a pro bowler. Here's Joey Bosa's comments on Derek Carr. Quote, we knew once we hit him a few times, he really gets shook. And you saw on the Covington sack, he was pretty much curling into a ball before we even got back there. Great dude, great player. But we know once you get pressure on him, he kind of shuts down. Almost a thousand quote t- uh, tweets coming on that so Derek's gonna have to shut up Bosa and the Chargers and beat him in the next game highly critical comments from Joey Bosa JT John Gruden at the internet uh, Mountain Healthcare Performance Center meeting the media let's go to it uh, several players that are getting uh, MRIs and imaging but uh, Derek Carrier hurt his pec uh, Damon Arnett is uh, being looked at with a groin injury and Trayvon Mullen's foot. Peyton Barber left the game. He's He's got a toe problem we're still looking into. Um, I'm sure there's a couple other guys, but I'll be happy to answer any questions I can. John, I asked Derek yesterday about things he could identify for the slow start. I'm not asking you to stand up there and call your players out, but have, are there things that you've identified after watching the film specifically? Yeah, there's obvious things that uh, we have to do. You know, we um, we have to pass protect better early in games. Sometimes it's it's been a number of things. We've had errant shotgun snaps. You know, I've got to call some better plays, no doubt. Um, we got to get our running game going at some point early in a game. But we just haven't done very well early in games, let's be honest. And uh, that needs to change. John, when it comes to getting the running game going earlier. How fine is that line between scheme and skill and, I guess, desire to, to make that happen up front? With well, we've just had a lot of moving parts, you know. I mean, different running backs. You know, we've had a number of different offensive linemen. We knew we were going to be young up front to start the year, but, um, you know, we lost a couple guards. It's not been easy. We brought in some new players that we really didn't even have during training camp. So uh, it's a work in progress, and it's not easy. It's a tough thing to do in this league. Uh, running the football, and um, we're going to continue to work at it and get better at it. Coach, despite uh, the difficulties, he's small difficulties he's had as a rookie, as all offensive uh, offensive linemen have. What do you think is the biggest area of improvement you've seen out of Alex Leatherwood? Well, look, he's he's a work in progress. He's uh, he's competing. Uh, he does have uh, some things to clean up, as we all do. 
But uh, he's mentally tough. He's athletic. Um, I think he'll continue to get better and better the more he plays. But there's going to be some growing pains. But uh, he's athletic. You know, he's long-armed. He's got some strength. Um, we just got to have more consistency from everybody, me included. There are, like, did you like your team's response coming out of halftime? It seemed like they, they really did change and turn things around. Yeah, I did. You know, we go back, we look at it. The first third down of the game, I think we had a ball dropped. The next third down, uh, I think Darren Waller's uncovered. No one covered him. We got sacked. Uh, we had a, a spot reversal on an inches situation. We had a, a taunting penalty. We had some things that uh, um, we got to clean up, no doubt. But I did like the response. Anytime you, you, you make a 21 to nothing game, 21 to 14, and you have the ball in the fourth quarter going in, there's some good things that we did in that third quarter early in the fourth. But like I said last night, you know, when you get knocked down three times in the first round, it's hard to win the fight. How impressive was that uh, the Hunter Renfro play to you? One of the best plays I've ever seen. One of the best plays I have ever seen. Effort, instincts, understanding the game, uh, and making the play. This guy's an amazing football player, and uh, I wish we had four of those guys. He's something else. John, you can't go to the Walmart and just pick up NFL linemen, so I'm curious. Uh, when you look at Jimmy Morrissey, he has a lot of experience at guard also. As the numbers dwindle and you may be having trouble finding guys, are you seeing enough out of him to at least consider a move up? We're considering all options, but we like we like our linemen. We really do. You know, we did have, uh, you know, we, we did have some pretty good outings. You know, we're not going to hit the panic button. We got to keep coaching. We got to keep developing these guys. And um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, the medicine is, is is what we all need. You know, we all need the taste of that that medicine, even though we don't like the taste. You know, you got to. You got to get back to work. You got to get back on the horse. You know, that horse will throw you off once in a while. And if you know anything about Bosa and some of these guys uh, in this league, they're pretty good at throwing you off your horse. So you got to be mentally tough and keep fighting. I know uh, Darren said he didn't intend to spike the ball on the bench of the Chargers. It just happened to be where he was. It was kind of a silly penalty for most people watching. But he did say, I can't put my team in that position. What did you think of that play, the call, and, and his kind of answer about that? Well, you know, again, I don't believe in taunting. I don't think he taunted either. I, I thought he was exuberant. I thought he threw the ball down. He's excited. We finally got something going. But uh, the official interpreted it in his own way, and we have to live with it. We just got to show a little bit more composure, and I'm, I'm sure Darren feels the same way. Any uh, update on any of the guys that started the season on IR? They're now eligible to, to come back like Jalen. I know his clock started. but uh, Yeah, we're going to look at Jalen a little bit harder this week. Um, he uh, got his first duty last week in, in terms of being activated off IR. We think Keyshawn Nixon will show up uh, and, and start to work himself back in tomorrow. Uh, but those are the two guys. Incognito is still a work in progress. Unfortunately, I don't have anything else to update you other than that. But um, that's where we are. You said you're still in the process of evaluating the injuries from yesterday. Is there concern some of those are long-term? Yes. There is concern, and uh, uh, I don't want to break any bad news today, but certainly there is concern, and once we know something, I'm sure you'll find out as ASAP. I'm sure uh, you, like a lot everyone else, saw Joey Bosa's comments after the game last night about Derek. Uh, it seemed like a cheap shot maybe to take at a quarterback. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, you know, again, I, I got a lot of respect for Bosa. I know Derek does too, and he's entitled to say what he wants, but 
we, we love our quarterback. We think he's, he's having a hell of a year and going to continue to do so. John, last week after a big win, you almost bemoaned, boom, going to go right back to a Monday night. Can there be an advantage this week? There's no time to lick wounds because short week bears are coming in. I'm sure your guys want to get back on the field as quick as they can. You sound like our team psychiatrist. You, you, you really do sometimes. I like you. I like the questions you ask. Yeah, you know, burn the film. Let's get ready for, for the next game. You know, if you just listen carefully, there's a lot of teams in the league that feel the same way after every Sunday or Monday. Um, again, I'm going to reiterate the positive. I'm very proud of the way we came back. There was a strange night last night. Um, we got beat by a good football team, a very good team, and, and they're going to prove that this year. But uh, we got to just get back on horse and get ready for the Bears because they're coming off a big win, and they need this just like we do. Speaking of uh, positives, the second half, you had lost like your entire secondary, and it seems like you played fairly well in that area. How, how did you kind of piece that together? And what did you think? Well, it's a credit to, to, the, to the guys, the players and the coaches. You know, we've done it on offense, too, without, you know, Jacobs and Barber and our guards go down. And we've had a, a, a lot of guys, you know. you got to adapt, and um, you got to keep, keep rolling. But uh, I thought Teamer came in and played pretty good at nickel. I thought Amik Robertson did some good things at corner, and Nate Hobbs jumped outside. So, um, guys step up. A lot of people step up when given the opportunity, and I'm really proud of those guys that did that last night. That's good. All right. You guys have a good day. Thank you. All right, so that's Sean Gruden's press conference here. A lot of questions. Clearly injuries. Every time we've played you that or I've interviewed John Gruden for the Silver and Black Show, it's about injuries. The team is injured severely. There are injuries everywhere. He cannot count on incognito to come back. I'm shocked by that, how long this calf injury has been an issue. It's been an issue, and it doesn't sound like it's getting any better. That wasn't, that wasn't the message I got there. And there are other injuries that could affect this game coming up here. So we're back to doing what we do. We're waiting around for injury reports and hoping that the next guys up can do their job. You know, I think the thing we're going to talk about, and Paul Gutierrez is going to join us coming up here in a little bit. I'll ask him this, but I'm asking you so you can call in. 702-365-9200. My big takeaway after four games is that the Raiders have just a few stars. You know, guys who can go to the Pro Bowl, just a few. And that's not K.J. Wright anymore. He's not a Pro Bowler anymore. He's a great player. K.J. Wright has been a phenomenal player. But he's not super elite the way he was six years ago. So if I look at the stars, it's Darren Waller. It is Hunter Renfro. He's a star in this league at his position. He's a slot receiver. He catches touchdowns. You heard what Coach Gruden just said about him. And then Derek Carr is a Pro Bowl quarterback. He's a top 10 quarterback. He's AFC Player of the Month. Josh Jacobs is supposed to be an elite player in this league. Supposed to be, but he's got to be healthy. And then you look around at the rest of the guys. Max Crosby, I keep pointing out, is playing at a very high level. And that's about it. There's not a lot of other stars and pro bowlers, even players under consideration to be pro bowlers. God knows it's not going to be Littleton and Kwiatkowski. Uh, it's not going to be Leatherwood. It's not going to be Andre James. You look at Foster Moreau's not going to the pro bowl. He's a good player. So the stars got to bail the Raiders out now. Do you agree with me on this? Do you agree with me if they're going to beat the Bears? that we're all going to have to get into that stadium and see Carter Waller, Carter Renfro, Carter Ruggs, uh, Trayvon Merrick with an interception. You know, it's going to have to be the guys, Max Crosby with one and a half sacks. 
These are the only guys left who are available. They're the only guys left who are healthy, who aren't completely dinged up, that are star-level guys that can step up. Not Cleveland Farrell. So if Clee Farrell can do it, damn well better be now. Better be now. The whole world is waiting for Clee Farrell to show up as a fourth pick overall in the draft a couple of years ago. It would be a pretty good time for him as everybody else is banged up to say, hey, coach, I got it. I, I got it. I'm a defend- defensive captain from Clemson, won a national championship, taken fourth overall. I got you. I'm going to pick it up instead of Darius Phylon, who's doing his job. So I think the stars who are healthy have got to play like stars. Derek's got to have a big game at home. Waller's got to have a big game at home. Waller can't have seven receptions. He can't. He catches all the balls thrown at him. He catches touchdowns. He's got to be isolated more. Got to get back to basics. With Waller, a guy who catches 100 balls, got to get back to basics. And if you're going to run it with Jacobs, run it on the outside, please. Don't run it into a brick wall up the middle where all those guys are willing to take Andre James and throw him to the side or they're breaking down Leatherwood. Run it the opposite way around the corner and get him on the outside, and let's hope that Josh and his athletic ability and being healthy and closer to 100% can maybe get him going. That's the way I see it. I'd like to hear from you as we wait on Paul Gutierrez. 702-365-9200. John Gruden brought to you by Modelo. Man, I need my bucket of Modellos now. Why do I got to wait till Friday? I need a couple to cool me off. The official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders. Brewed as a model of what good beer should be. I drink Modelo. I love the taste. I love the look. I love the energy and the fighting spirit it brings to me on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. I guess I get, you know, spiking on their sideline looking back. Uh, but, I mean, I wasn't doing it directed at anyone. It was just, you know, just kind of a reaction when I got up. But I uh, can't put the team in that kind of situation. It's a great explanation by Darren Waller. You can't spike the ball on the opposition sideline. You can't, especially in a game like that. He knows it. He owned it. The Raiders own everything. Every time that John Gruden, you name a coach, and I'll ask this to Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Uh, great to have him on the show every two weeks along with Tom Flores. I put him on with Tom because he did so much for Tom Flores to help him gain induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Paul, I mean, John Gruden, you're there at the press conferences after the game. He beats himself up harder than anybody with this post-game analysis. How was it last night in Los Angeles? Yeah, JT, thanks for having me, and thanks for those kind words about uh, Coach Flores getting into the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, obviously he did everything himself, but it was my honor, my pleasure to kind of bang that drum for a while for enough people to notice. And uh, if it had anything to do with it, that's great, but uh, he did it all the, the work himself. When it comes to John Gruden, you're right. You could see the, the agonizing uh, look on his face. You could feel the frustration as it comes through because it, it's it's – kind of unfathomable how, how slow this team has started offensively this season. They have the, the, the worst point differential in, in uh, the first quarter in the entire league, and, and they get hot, and they find a rhythm, and they get going. But the, the hole they dug last night was simply too big to get themselves out of, unlike 14 enough deficits, 14 to nothing deficits against Baltimore and Miami. 21 to nothing was just a little bit too much. 
Yeah, Paul, this is interesting. You're in the media, and you go on ESPN television, and you write for them, and you podcast, you do everything. You know how the media changes. And the media is dying to anoint another Hall of Fame quarterback, and Justin (laughs) Herbert gave him that last night. What did Herbert look like? What did you see with his demeanor? I thought he was the best quarterback I saw. I told you this last year when we were in the stadium alone, and they had Brady, Josh Allen, Carr, Mariota, everybody else who played there. I thought he was the best that I saw because of his footwork, his ability inside and outside the pocket. What'd you see last night? Yeah, he looked like a you know Hollywood casting call went out for you know the tall strapping quarterback, and and there he is, and he's playing in L.A. Uh, he he played really well. He's in command, but but also JT, I'll say this: it's amazing how much more in command of an offense a quarterback is when he has time to sit back in the court in the pocket and look around and pick out his targets and go through his progressions. He had that early. Then when the Raider defense started hitting him a little bit in the second uh, second half, the ball started sailing a little bit. So it was like no other quarterback, and, and it was the flip side for Derek because he had absolutely no time to think, let alone set, because he had somebody in his lap the entire first half. Once the, the line gave him some protection, once the, the plays were drawn up to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker, he found his rhythm, and all of a sudden that 21-point deficit was 21-14, to 14, and the Raiders are driving only down one score in the fourth quarter. So, it, it, you know, Herbert looks the part. He looks legit. Uh, I'm not ready to anoint anyone just yet as the next whoever, but uh, the Chargers got themselves a real one in him. Paul Gutierrez joins us, ESPN. So, Paul, I've been, I'm very concerned, and I have been. We go back a long way with this offensive line. I don't read their press clippings anymore. They're never, they're never available. They're always banged up. Tom Cable does a masterful job taking what he has. But what level of frustration did you just see from Coach Gruden? And in, around the organization, knowing that more and more players are less available, it looks like last year again. Games are played. Guys get hurt. Mayock's got to look at other players to come in, practice squad players. And we're only through four games this year. What's the level of concern with that training room? Yeah, and I had asked I had asked John about that too, specifically about getting the running game going and and how fine that line is when it comes to run blocking between skill, desire, and injury, really. And and he said, you know, it's a work in progress. He said he told me they they knew that the offensive line was going to be young anyway, but even that projected young offensive line hasn't really come to fruition anyway because of Richie Incognito's issue, which John told me again was a work in progress, which doesn't bode well for a 38 year old coming off an Achilles injury who has a calf that's been bothering him since the middle of August. So the level of frustration there is huge, especially when you know uh, last year one of the, ca- the key catchphrases from John was the best av- uh, ability is availability. And when it comes to this offensive line, it's just a lot of duct tape. It's a lot of smoke, a lot of mirrors, just trying to keep the quarterback upright. They can't run block to get anything going at this point of the season. So, again, it's it's – it's one of those strange questions where what's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, they're trying to get things going with the running game that way. Um, it's just so many moving parts in there that it's, it just led to this frustration. All right, Paul. So we'll see you coming up here at the stadium on Sunday. But let's talk about the level of concern for this opponent as we dive into it later on in this week, you know, Chicago's got a good defense. We know the Khalil Mack story. We hear it more when he plays the Raiders. And the quarterback situation with Matt Nagy and Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, I think I would rather see Andy Dalton, who's got to have a little rust coming off the injury, than Justin Fields, who could have his shining moment early in his career by throwing for a few touchdowns and running for a few. 
this game is a critical game for the Raiders to go four and one. How do you see it early? Yeah, and that's what the Raiders have to do. I mean, as long as they, they have their guys back, because they lost basically all their cornerbacks last night to injury. Uh, and John was kind of cryptic in this presser he just had where he did acknowledge that there is some fear of long-term injuries to some guys. And if that's Trayvon Mullen, you know, that's a starting cornerback. If it's Nate Hobbs, who was evaluated for concussion last night, that's your starting nickel. Uh, Damon Arnett had a groin injury. So they're going to have to try to figure things out again now at a different position group. Um, but probably the best thing for, for the Raiders to do is just look at the tape from last night one time, try to glean whatever you can from it, and then burn it. And then just move forward and say, you know what, that happened. Now we got to move on. Uh, it's a whole new, you know, you're done with the first quarter of the season, so to speak, almost, because now you got 17 games. But, you know, they can't really learn much from that last night. There's nothing really to, to hang your hat on. It was a weird experience all the way around from the lightning delay to – to uh, John and complaining about the maze getting to the locker room and everything like that. So it's a strange, it was a strange building. And, and you know what? I'll go on record. I, I really, SoFi was a massive place, but it felt like a, a, a car garage, a car canopy, yeah. because it just was massive. And to me, being a Southern California guy anyway, growing up there, but going to school at UNLV, to not have grass on, so, you know, at a, you know, how many was it? $5 billion, $6 billion stadium is just in Southern California, just mind blowing to me. And then to have that roof and then still have a weather delay, very strange. Last one, what was the real number on Raider fans there? I heard a lot of people have different numbers, 70, 75, 80. You're there. You know this as good as anybody. What was your sense of Raider Nation inside SoFi? Yeah, I was told by Vivid Seats that it was going to be 74% Raider fans, and it it, it, it looks just like that to me. And one more mm-hmm. complaint about SoFi Stadium. I hate NFL stadiums that have enclosed press boxes because you cannot get a feel. You can't get a vibe for the crowd out there. But in watching some of the broadcast bags, it, it sounded like a Raider home game. Uh, you know, whenever the Chargers did something good, you definitely heard that. But the roar was that much more when the Raiders did something good, which was few and far between. But Darius Finalon with his sacks, that got the place going. And then when the Raiders pulled within 21-14, the place was ready to, to rock. But, yeah, I, I would say it was about 70 to, 70 to 30 Raider fans. Thank you, Paul. See you this weekend. Thank you. All right. Take care. Uh, Paul Gutierrez, great job. Great that we have him on. With the Flores, Flores Tuesday with Paul. Every other Tuesday, we got Vic Tafer, who's incredible with The Athletic. We got Bill Williamson, SB Nation, one of the longest-standing Raider insiders out there. I got Raider insiders on and Vinny Bonsignor, and we're due to call Mr. Graney. As Bobby, I would like to book Mr. Graney, Ed Graney, who's as good as any sports writer I've seen. In this town, he's incredible, so we got to get him on. So before we get to your phone call, so busy week for me, love to help out with charities. Don't pat myself on the back because there's no need to. I just want to help your charity. So for years, I've been in Vegas and I can help out. I'm emceeing the Simon Keefe golf tournament dinner on Friday. So I'll be off here. I think I'm going to do an hour here. Then I got to be at that golf tournament and emcee the dinner. Simon, who we'll have on tomorrow, one of the most inspiring people I know. He's the first professional athlete, soccer player to have a heart transplant. And it's an incredible story about inspiration and fighting for your life. And, again, he had a heart transplant, waiting on another one. Last couple of years, we thought it was touch and go. And he's with us, and he's doing great. So that's my Friday. uh, Thursday, I'm hosting this show at the Shriners Golf Tournament from noon to 2. Shriners Hospital. What an honor that they're asking me to come out there and host the show to raise awareness for them. So that'll be Thursday. If you're out at the golf tournament, please come on by. Say hi to us as we're doing the show from there.
Then Saturday, we'll be at the World Championship Heavyweight Fight. Uh, I've been to over 100 championship fights in Vegas. I get the honor of going to Wilder Fury 3. And then Sunday, I'm hosting the pregame show at the Torch, which is insane if you've come by. I mean, wow. What an honor to sit there on the stage at the Torch with Eric Allen. We've had Charles Woodson come by. We've had Tim Brown, already two gold jackets. Nice surprise coming up for the Chicago game, plus our insiders and everybody else. So I have a packed weekend uh, starting here pretty quickly here, and we hope you're a part of it. 702-365-9200. Eddie's in Los Angeles. Thanks for holding, Eddie. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, JT? Um, Good, yeah, I just wanted to say how, you know, how they didn't look like you know, the team, our team that came out didn't look inspired. I, I don't know what was going on. If you uh, if you noticed in uh, Derek Carr's press conference, he said he made a, a, a striking comment about discussing something privately, not over the mic. I, I think this team thought they you know they, they had arrived that that teams were just going to cower down to them because they were the Raiders and the three and zero, and they got exactly what they deserved yesterday, which is getting smacked in the mouth. I was at the game yesterday, and yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was definitely seventy five. 25, I believe, as far as Raider fans to, to Charger fans. I wouldn't even uh, go as far as to say they might even pump in some crowd noise there mm-hmm. when they, they did something good because it was oddly overly loud. But anyways, um, one of the things I, I, I really wish they can clean up is the run defense. I mean, the Eckler, yeah. they made him look like he was LT. He was gashing yeah. him five, six yards right up the gut. I mean, we didn't get no penetration. We weren't, you know, there's something about this team that is, comes out very lackluster. And, and that's on everybody. That's on John Gruden. That's on, that's on, on the veterans on this team. They have to shine. You, you earlier, yeah. you, you talked about Crosby, Crosby and, and coming out and, and, and being an ascending player and a star in the street. Well, he has to show, a little bit more a reserve in, in, in as far as his emotions. He keeps getting these these penalties when he's coming in, you know, uh, offside. He's just he's showing too much, and but he's got to show the young guys, hey, we we got to we we got to tell down and be focused, ready to play. I don't I don't think they were ready, JT. I think they they came in with the mindset that they were just better than them, and and they got punched in the mouth and and, and recovered a little too late. As far as, yeah. uh, uh, so but hold on, let me stop again. Let me stop again. They're ready to play. Gruden took them out of the tunnel. I was sitting at the M at the Raiders Tavern and Grill, and I noticed with my buddies watching the game, what's up with Gruden? He looks psycho. He looks intense. He's yelling. He was spending, he spent five minutes after that stupid lightning delay when they finally got back on the field, getting in everybody's face saying, it's time to play. So Gruden did his job. He had him ready to play. He was lighting him up. That's all. He looked like he was just let out of jail, and he was screaming. So I said, well, Gruden's going to have him ready, and they didn't execute. So that's where we have to debate on the radio. Gruden's fault, Carr's fault, offensive line, and we have those conversations. But believe me, I've been in the locker room with John Gruden. He has everybody ready to play. They're bouncing off the walls. And I, you know, and I, and I don't discount that. What I'm saying is, for four weeks in a row, we've seen mm-hmm. this team come out and not be what they are in the second round. I know they got in the second half of the games. They need to come out with a little more urgency. Hopefully, this sure. week on a short week, uh, especially when you get when you got beat the way you did yesterday, 
the 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 best thing is to get to the next game as quick as and yeah. short as possible. And I, I, I truly think that we're going to learn the just the, not only the strength of our team, but just the tenacity and, and what they have sure. as a whole. If they come in and they play like that against the Bears, I, I happen to think they won't. I happen to think they're going to come out, especially after Joe, Joey Bosa's just hmm. boneheaded comments. They're going to come out and they're going to be a little bit more inspired. And that's what we need. Yeah. Maybe this is what they needed. They needed to get slapped around and be brought back to earth and saying, you okay. still need to go out and grind. You still need to go out there and prove yourself on the field. And one more thing, if I may add, may I add, uh, uh, you know, Paul Kuteris just talked about SoFi being like almost like a garage. I, you know, as many times as I've been in Oakland, I've never been once to anywhere around in any seats that I ever sat where the, the floor was so sticky, you couldn't, your, your, your feet, I'm sorry, your shoes would literally stick to oh, really? the ground. At SoFi? At SoFi? At SoFi. I had for me, okay. I seven rows up in the end zone with mm-hmm. me and my son, okay? And you couldn't even get your, your, your feet were sticking onto the ground. I mean, I was okay. at the Allegiant game with Mexico versus... I, I can't, I got, I got to wrap you up, dude. I can't do every story of your life. I appreciate it. I mean, you got to put a ball on your call. Thank you. Okay, I, I, I don't want to do 10 more minutes on the stickiness of your shoes. But I, I appreciate a lot of what you said. Look, I haven't been to SoFi yet, so I'm not going to rip it, but it's not Allegiant because Allegiant's all Raiders. SoFi is not the Chargers stadium. They're not even a rental. They don't even, I don't even think they have a lease. I think that Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Rams, makes them do extra jumping jacks to play there. I don't even know what they have there. All they do is change the video boards when the Chargers come in. It's all Rams. Compared to what Mark Davis has done with the Death Star, please. Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, the icon Charles Woodson. It's not your average bourbon. It's unique. It's finished with the same wine barrels Charles makes his wine with. Go to WoodsonWhiskey.com, WoodsonWhiskey.com, and please ask for it when you're out on the town. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's proven it throughout the offseason and training camp. Uh, he's worked really hard, not only physically, uh, his mentality I've talked about a lot coming in this, this season. Um, but, yeah, I, he comes up to me and talks to me during games. He's like, hey, if we get this look and I can come show him. I mean, I literally come and sh- showed, you know, I showed him something during the game. I was like, hey, I'm going to hit you on this later. He goes, no problem. And he was there and we hit a big play, you know, and uh, it's just really, really impressive. It's really fun to have. Derek Carr on Henry Ruggs and what Ruggs brings to the table. My golf game's getting better because I'm going to Five Iron Golf. I go there weekly, and it's incredible. The premier indoor golf facility in Area 15, eight simulators. Great to see your swing and hit the ball with new clubs and really get a vibe of how you're doing. That's what they do there. Go there to have a good time, drinks and food, and play any golf course in the world there. They have every golf course that you'd ever dream of playing and they have leagues that are there for everyone. FiveIronGolf.com slash leagues. It's inside Area 15. Another place you need to go to. you got to see it. you got to go inside Area 15. Go upstairs and see Five Iron Golf once you go there. That'll be your spot, I promise you. Tell them JT sent you. Let's wrap up the show because Bobby, who runs the show, and I, he's a diehard Red Sox fan. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. My total life is consumed with the Yankees tonight playing the Red Sox in a one-gamer. So I'll be talking about that tonight on Mad Dog Sirius XM 82. Mark in Jersey, 
Thanks for waiting, Mark. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Um, yeah, for me, you talked about concerns, and uh, my biggest concern is definitely the way we've started games and how we're totally out of sync and we're not, you know, we're not doing or not executing or whatever. I'm not blaming anybody, but we all have to start playing together as a team early on. I mean, if you go back to the first four games, you know, we're down 14 to Baltimore. We're down 14 to Miami. We're down 21 last night. If you total that up, that's 49 points. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's a lot yeah. That's a lot of points. There's a lot to come back from. We have got to and make an emphasis this week in practice to start fast. We need. We haven't even scored on an opening drive yet. Yeah, surprising. We have to come out and execute and practice and play hard or execute and, and make that first drive mm-hmm. down the field, 75 yards, whatever it is, no penalties, no nothing. Straight down there and set the tone right away against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, great call. You know, right about that. It's amazing that Derek Carr was AFC Offensive Player of the Month, of the month, and the Raiders were 3-0 and with these slow starts. That's why I'm glasses half full this time around. That's not being a homer. That's not. It's being accurate. They're 3-1. and if they lost two overtime games and got crushed by the Chargers and were one and three, my life would be bleeping miserable. At, le- at least it'd be miserable from noon to two every day. The rest of the time, it'd be great. But from noon to two, I'd be miserable if this team was one and three. And I've been down this road before. I think everybody should be really excited to get into this game early on Sunday. And stop selling your tickets to Bears fans who are coming in from suburban Illinois and won two. Be a proud Raider fan and hold on to your tickets. You're not going to have that extra 300 bucks 10 years from now. It's going to be flushed away with your bills, your mortgage payment, your gas, whatever it is. Suck it up and go to the game and support the Raiders. You're a Raider fan. Don't sell your tickets on the secondary market to Bears fans who are flying in and want your seats. They don't. Want the, your seats are for Raider fans. Sell your bleeping tickets to Raider fans or do what I do and give them to Raider fans. Selling your tickets on the open market to Dolphin fans. That's a scam. That's disgusting. There's thousands upon thousands of Raider fans who will buy your Raider tickets from you at Raider prices that are fair to you and will make you plenty of money. Don't sell them and hang out in the weeds waiting for a Bears fan or a Dolphin fan or a Chief fan to buy them. I don't care what team you are in sports. It's despicable. It's despicable. Protect your seating area and make sure that there are Raider fans sitting there. This is a glorious time to be a Raider fan in Vegas. Get Raider fans in the seat. Bobby, move to Sanger Raider quickly. I got to get him. He came to the postgame show last night. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. What do you got? Hey, JT. Um, what I saw last night, uh, Paul Gutierrez actually uh, mm-hmm. touched on it, was insanity. You know, you do the same thing over and over and over, and it doesn't work, but you keep doing it. That what was going on last night with all these throws out to the flat. Yep. I mean, they were laying in wait. They were laying in wait, and they were gobbling up our players that, that probably could only take one step of the ball. Boom, they were down. Sangarator, I owe you more time. Please call again. Thanks for coming out to the postgame hey, show. It meant a lot to meet hey, you there I'll last night. Appreciate it. And uh, Fish and Berkeley, I owe you big. Lead off the show tomorrow. We'll get you up here right out of the gate. I appreciate it. Thanks to Bobby, the Red Sox fan. I'm the Yankee fan. We're going to battle tonight, and we'll uh, talk to each other tomorrow. Thanks to everybody who joined us, including Paul Gutierrez, Jeff Sherman, and the Hall of Famer Tom Flores. 
We exercised our demons in L.A. Rest of the week, it's pure bears and how to beat the bears right here on Raider Nation Radio. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.